This is Dr. Andrew Jacobs, sports psychologist, and we're on Sports Psychology Today. Our show is produced in partnership with The Washington Times. For more episodes, go to WashingtonTimes.com. And for more information on the podcast or to advertise here, please go to WinnersUnlimited.com or email us at drj at WinnersUnlimited.com. You know, I've been on the air in Kansas City for 26 years, and we began this podcast show earlier this year because I'm interested in expanding our base and getting more people to understand what's going on in the world of sports psychology, especially the world of youth sports, and how the pressures and stressors on young athletes are affecting them in a negative way, sometimes in a positive way, but mostly in the negative things that are happening to them. So this show is about educating and helping people understand how to make sports more fun, how to make youth sports an environment where kids, parents, and coaches can enjoy and learn and grow, and not have all the stressors and pressures that so many kids are facing today. I'm seeing younger and younger athletes participate in organized sports at younger and younger ages. Sometimes at age four and five, signing up for organized teams, competitive teams. I'm finding the pressures and stressors, as I said, on these athletes growing, the demands on them expanding, and parents feeling more pressure to sign their kids up at younger and younger ages for fear of falling behind. Today we're going to talk with Dr. Sharon Colgan, She's a sports psychologist in the San Diego area, and we're going to talk with her to get her opinions on these topics and views, and now we'll join Dr. Colgan. And now we're going to talk to Dr. Sharon Colgan. She's a licensed clinical psychologist in California. She's a, me a member of all the appropriate sports psychology organizations, including uh, ASP, which is the main sports psychology organization in the country. She's joining us this morning. We're going to talk about the role that coaches play, especially with high school athletes these days. You know, coaches have... A big influence. And in our book, Just Let Him Play, that I wrote with uh, Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and Olympic swim coach Pete Malone, we have a chapter called The Coach's Role. And in that chapter, we discuss the different influences and impacts that coaches can have on athletes and parents and themselves. Dr. Colgan, thank you so much for joining me this morning. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for asking me. You know, you've been practicing sports psychology for a long time, as I have. I've been in practice for 36 years. And We've seen how sport has changed over the years. There's so much more emphasis now on younger athletes playing sports in organized leagues at younger and younger ages. We're seeing the role that coaches play on young athletes, positively and negatively. And I'd like to get your perspective, number one, as, as a fellow sports psychologist, number two, also as a, as a woman, because you, you see it a little bit differently than I do. You probably deal with different perspectives than I do as well. So tell me what you think has changed in the world of sports, say, the last 20 years, and how coaches have changed. Well, you know, I think that uh, in the old days, uh, all most of the coaches that were hired in the high school and youth sports, they were all teachers. So they had a, a, a pretty good background in psychology. They had to take developmental psychology, uh, child and adolescent um, even just an intro psychology class. So, you know, most of the coaches, uh, because of their teaching, um, had a, a good perspective of what makes a good coach, which is being a good teacher. And I think what we're finding now is that I, I saw some statistic that only about uh, a quarter of all coaches now are actual teachers. They're, they're scrambling to find coaches outside uh, the educational institution because of the time it takes and the, uh, uh, well, it just takes up your entire life. But uh, the problem is, is they're finding people who don't, a lot of times don't have degrees. 
they're calling themselves professional coaches, but they don't really have a lot of uh, background working uh, or, or uh, working with children. So what what we're discovering is that a lot of them are ill prepared for all the complexities that the kids are coming to them now, ever than ever before. What do you think the topic of sportsmanship? Uh, pl- how much of a role does sportsmanship play in all of this with coaches? Because I, what I'm seeing is, I have a saying, a good coach checks his or her ego at the door. And yeah. what I'm seeing is that, Dr. Colgan, that a lot of coaches' egos get involved in this, and it becomes more about them than about teaching proper sportsmanship to their players. Yes, yes. See, that's the thing, too, is uh, when they're being hired, uh, who is checking on their own morals, ethics, and integrity? You know, again, uh, as a teacher, you have to take an ethics class. Uh, most of these coaches, again, are coming at this with, uh, without tools. I, I really I see that in my practice. And what we're finding is that they're struggling out there, but they won't ask for help, uh, especially football, it seems like. Uh, so the, I, we're finding the problem is that they're just not uh, well-equipped. You live in San Diego, and recently a number of coaches who coached high school football for a long time have either been fired or let go. Why is that? Well, the four instances that have happened just recently, one was that uh, a coach had pulled a, a kid with his uh, face mask. Another one, he had made a derogatory response about the music they were listening to. Another one had sent a kid in from the sideline after having a concussion. Uh, they don't go into that much detail in regard to, you know, in the paper about really the firing. But, I, again, there were a multitude of issues of the reason why they were let go. So the old school way of coaching is no longer accepted. Is that basically what we're seeing? The old school meaning being the tough guy, grab your face mask, scream, yell, curse at players? Yes, exactly. You know, uh, all that was great maybe in the 50s and 60s. When Child Protective Services came about in the 70s, you know, everybody now is very super uh, vigilant about uh, how are you actually, are you touching the child? How are you getting your point across? Um, you know, uh, kids today are also very sophisticated and savvy about abuse, and they're not afraid to report. So, again, it's, um, it's learning other motivational styles uh, that are important to help the athlete. Well, I always like to say a good coach is a good psychologist. A bad coach needs a sports psychologist. How often <laughs> – I thought you'd like that. How, how often, though, do, do we see – you know, I think coaches need to be trained, as you said earlier in their educational training – in psychology, mm-hmm. because one of the things that I see in my practice and having been a sports psychologist, as I said, for 36 years, I've seen a shift in, in a lot of the young people that come into my office. I'm getting younger and younger kids in my office these days with more and more confidence issues and more and more problems that seem to be related to things that they've been told by coaches and, mm-hmm. you know, derogatory right. comments, uh, issues related to them succeeding or failing in sport where they're yelled or screamed at by, by coaches about, you know, failing and screwing up. So I think, we, we, you know, it, it would be imperative that coaches who coach, especially at the youth sport level, have to take some kind of sportsmanship training class. I, you know, I, I know when I coached my son, who's now 27, I coached his uh, t-ball team. Uh-huh. So that's but t- over 20 years ago now. Uh, I had to watch a video on sportsmanship, but it was about a 10-minute video and part of the uh, half-day training we had to have with, with coaching. I mean... 
10 minutes was devo- was d- devoted to sportsmanship. Today, I think that should be a, a real priority. Are you seeing that going on more so, or are you not seeing the emphasis being put on that as much as it needs to? Well, our commissioner out here in the California Interscholastic Federation in San Diego is requiring coaches now to take a, I think it's a 10-hour coaching certification. And in there, I believe they take, uh, they get a sports psychology class, but it's just one class uh, along with nutrition, CPR, first aid, and and many of the other requirements. But, I mean, really the role of the uh, male football coach, just think of, I mean, he's not only a teacher, an educator, but he's got to be, he's a father figure, and he's uh, displaying uh, morals, ethics, value system. He's being an educational counselor. He's checking on grades. Uh, he's he's uh, the mother figure nurturing. He's the physician making the decision on the side about concussions. He doesn't sometimes even have a trainer on injuries. Uh, the nurse of, of dealing with recovery of injury. I mean, it, the list just goes on and on about the different hats that a coach actually has to be prepared for and, and, and make a decision uh, quickly uh, in the middle of performance or even in uh, in practice. And then they're being uh, uh, ridiculed or looked at by, again, the parents, uh, the administrators. The I mean, they're being judged constantly. So the job is much more sophisticated than I think ever before, and the pressures and the stress that they're under are greater. Um, so the, uh, we're seeing more coaches actually coming in for help, but there's still it's it's difficult to get them in. What's the biggest problem you seem to be finding with the young athletes who come talk to you? Um, I think the the issue I think is the stress. They're coming in and there's more stress. I think the youth sport has become so professional anymore. Uh, I mean, uh, the money that is being spent on these kids already such an early age. I had a 13-year-old come in and say that she had already signed a scholarship intent package for uh, a Division One school at 13. Uh, this is incredible. The amount of pressure that's being uh, put on these kids are just, it's, it's, a, it, it's uh, phenomenal. And they can't handle it. And so they're, uh, I mean, she's throwing her arm out already at 13 to get a scholarship when she's 18. So uh, they're coming in with numerous stresses. Their grades, expectations of grades are high. Their expectations of getting that scholarship. Parents are saying the only way you're going to be able to get to college is if you do get a scholarship. Uh, and sport, it just becomes their complete world, which they're, they lack balance already at 13. So you could imagine if they're going to be burned out by 18 and or, or if their bodies don't give out, you know, will they have the still desire to play? So tell me, what, what have you suggested to this young lady? She's 13 years old to deal with the stress. What, what kinds of things have you talked to her about? How are you helping her out with that? Well, I, I, first you have to bring the parents in and see where she's getting this, where it's coming from. And, uh, and sure enough, it is coming from the parents. So education, education, education is the key to the parents as well as to the athlete to slow the way down, to look at you're, you're developing a, a real human being, not just a robotic uh, pitcher, you know, the, uh, an athlete. 
you have to get you have to teach common sense anymore because it seems like that everybody is uh, thinking that the end all is the college scholarship or even the professional league, uh, which is as we know, you and I both know that the statistics are just it's like less than one percent, but if you played in high school. So you have to you have to just keep educating the family of understanding what else does this child need because we're seeing a lot of these retired athletes from Michael Phillips to Tiger Woods after it's all over they don't handle life that well because they've been told every step of the way how to live their life the choices they make uh, uh, from coaches to parents they uh, they have a uh, uh, the, the depression and anxiety that we're seeing after these athletes their career is over is just through the roof because they haven't been able to mature normally as children and now they're faced with being adults and they don't uh, actually have the tools to cope one of the things that i've talked about for years in my practice and as well as on my weekly radio show in kansas city is the whole issue of play we don't allow kids to play anymore. Everything's structured and organized. When was the last time, Dr. Colgan, you went by a grade school in San Diego and saw a group of kids out there playing unsupervised without parents instructing them what to do in an organized practice? Exactly. That's right. Very, very, very rare. Yeah, because everything's structured, everything's organized. Now, we have increased safety issues today that were not as prominent 30, 40, 50 years ago, although they were there, they just weren't talked about. But mm -hmm. you don't let kids just go play anymore. Everything has to be structured and organized in some kind of activity with the parental supervision. And I think what we're going to see is the generation of kids growing up today, when they hit their early 20s, they're going to have trouble creating on their own without somebody telling them what to do. What do you think of that? Yeah. Uh, exactly. That's what we're seeing. That's right. Uh, very much so. So what do you suggest then when you have a young person in your office at 13 years of age, who's feeling all this stress, who maybe who may, maybe has been playing their sport since they were five or six. So yes. they've been playing it more than half their life. They're, they're burned out. They're physically tired. But they know they need to get a scholarship in this to, in order to get to college. What do you suggest to them and the parents? Well, you have to ask them uh, what – have them look at the consequences of being so single-focused. There's positive consequences, of course, but there's also negative that they're not looking at and refusing to look at. Would you actually uh, discuss it and have them look at what could be some negative consequences on the child's body as well as uh, mentally and, uh, and their stress? And they actually start talking about it. It's just like the light bulbs uh, go off. It's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, she, you know, she's going to miss her prom. Is she going to... Uh, you know, uh, allow her to date and have some kind of normal life. Uh, the, it's uh -huh. just uh, when you really get them to look at the bigger picture of the development of the child, then they start to look at, oh, yes, maybe we are pushing too hard. How much of so, an impact do you feel pressure from coaches comes into play? Because what I'm seeing is you're getting a lot of coaches now who are getting paid to coach young athletes. And yes. consequently... You know, if they have an athlete to become successful, they become more prominent. They're going to get more more clients, more more young athletes to work with, and they're going to make more money. What do you feel about that? Oh, exactly. 
In fact, uh, I have some, they call themselves professional coaches, you know, from soccer to baseball here in San Diego. They come in and they talk about they make a very good salary because the professionalism of youth sport now is that these parents pay. I think there was an article in Time Magazine just a couple of weeks ago about the professionalism of youth sport, about how much each uh, the parents have to pay for each sport. Some of it is you know, 4000 a year, all the way up to 60000 a year. So they're all paying for these coaches' salaries so that they really don't have to have another part-time job. And uh, the pressure these coaches are uh, putting, I mean, because they're being paid by the, the parents, uh, they're putting a tremendous amount of pressure on these kids for uh, these travel teams, these club teams, in order to get these scholarships. And it is true. They have to put the pressure on the athlete in order to build their own reputations so that more parents will send them their athletes. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. This is Sports Psychology Today. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Today I'm interviewing sports psychologist Dr. Sharon Colgan. For more episodes, go to thewashingtontimes.com. And if you're listening via Apple Podcasts and you like what we're doing here, give us a review and a five-star rating. And wherever you listen, share this, please, on Twitter and Facebook. You know, Dr. Colgan... As I said earlier, I've been in practice for 36 years. I've seen a change in the people coming to my office. I'm getting younger and younger athletes coming in today with more yeah. and more pressures and stressors. I had a uh, an 8-year-old boy a couple of years ago who was tired of playing baseball. He'd been playing since he was 4. He just wanted to s- go swimming in the summertime with his friends. But mm-hmm. his mom was concerned because the coach wanted him to keep playing on a team. They'd already played 50 games, and it mm. was mid-June. And I'm like, 50 games at 8? That's ridiculous. You should be playing about 16 to 20. Well, the coach wants us to go to two more tournaments. We end up playing about 75 games. And I said, you know what? I don't encourage kids to quit teams. I think when you sign up, you need to continue and, and you know, be dedicated for the year. But this is absurd. It's not healthy, and you're going to cause problems. And in the end, she en- they ended up quitting. I mean, they played the allotment of games they were committed to, but the coach wanted to play more. And yes. what I found out subsequently was that this young man took the next year off of baseball. He just didn't want to do it anymore. He's now playing again. I think he's 13 now. He's playing again. But he's on a team where they're only playing about 30 games during the summer and having more fun. And I think there's this pressure that you have to play so many games and you have to be in it for so long to get good. Do you agree with that? Oh, yes, very much so. Is that they keep thinking more is better. Uh, Like this pitcher, this softball pitcher I saw, you know, instead of throwing 50 uh, pitches a game, she was was playing in a tournament where she was playing. Uh, pitching uh, 500, I think, pitches a game. The uh, the more the, the mentality that more games are better, uh, more uh, training is better. It's just it's gotten it's out of it's out of control, and no one is looking at again the developmental aspect of the child. I mean, the the pitcher, the the, the little boy who's throwing, you know, throw harder, throw more. Uh, I know they're putting restrictions, but a lot of these coaches don't follow them. So it's, uh, you know, and again, swimmers used to be, you know, you only had practice in the afternoon. Now you have practice in the morning at 5 o'clock in the morning. I mean, it's just the intensity for the child is beyond what they can actually handle. Well, and see, that's where, to me, the role parents come in, the role parents have comes in. And that's where they have to be able to sit down and say, look, we, we need to sit down and evaluate this whole situation. So many people think, you know, we start our kids younger, they'll get a scholarship. Well, by the time... They become old enough to go to college. They will have spent enough money for that scholarship. 
And so I think a lot of people need to put that in perspective. But that's where the role of parents come in. I know in our book, Just Let Them Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Review Sports, we emphasize how important a role parents play in the big picture. And you need to sit down with your child, talk about goals, talk about expectations, talk about you know the big picture. And I think that the thing, this is to me, Dr. Colgan, that I emphasize to young athletes. First of all, it should be having fun learning skills and getting better. That's what it should be all about. It shouldn't be about winning and losing or scholarships, things like that. It should be about the experience. And as parents, you need to set parameters. You need to know where's the point where we need to back off. And and all that starts with the preseason meeting when you sign your kids up for a team. Understand the goals, the expectations of the coaches. What are the goals of the team? If you don't sit in, in, in sync with that, don't sign up. Do you agree with that? Oh, yes, very much so. Teaching life lessons is the key. You know, when you ask uh, older people, what do you remember when you had a winning season? They don't win- remember the win-loss records. They remember the relationships they had, the friends they formed. They remember their coach. They remember if they had pizza parties. They remember fun things. They So the emphasis is on, it should be on life lessons uh, and creating a life for that child versus the win-loss record. Well, Dr. Colgan, I've really enjoyed having you on with us today. You've, you've you know, reemphasized a lot of the points that I talk about, but I like to hear from other people as well because I'm sitting here in Kansas in the middle of the country. You're at my favorite place, San Diego, where I went to grad school, <laughs> and I, I'm jealous of the fact you're out there. But, you know, if people would like to get a hold of you, Dr. Colgan, how can they reach you? Give us your phone number, email, information they can contact you on. Okay, well, uh, you know, something like 15 years ago, we started the uh, San Diego Sports Psychologist, and we have associates that we that are coming out of school that we also supervise, Dr. Jones and I. So our webpage is www.sportspsychassociates.com. So Sports Psych runs together. Um, uh, my phone number is 619-339-3969. Uh, excuse me, 3979, excuse me. Um, I am in the central part of San Diego, but we are associates. We have some in North County up in Del Mar, Salada Beach. We have some in South County. I'm out here in East County close to San Diego State. So we, out of 3.5 million people here in San Diego, we've got about the whole county covered. So uh, if you just put, look up um, Google San Diego Sports Psychology, you should find us. And uh, all our associates are well-supervised and well-trained. We're all licensed psychologists who are specializing in sports psychology. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's been a great interview, great points you've made. And, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I have a certain perspective, and I always like to hear from other people to see what they feel, if they agree or disagree with me. But thank you so much, and good luck to you, and, and I will hopefully talk to you again. Well, thank you so much for having me. Goodbye. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and you've been listening to Sports Psychology Today, produced in partnership with the Washington Times newspaper. For more episodes, please go to WashingtonTimes.com, and for more information on the podcast or to advertise here, go to WinnersUnlimited.com or email us at drj at WinnersUnlimited.com. However you're listening, please check in again soon for our latest episode. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Have a great day.